Hello, and welcome to Chat to the Future. I'm your host, Victoria Taylor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Preeti Trivedi. Hey, Victoria. Hey, Preeti. And we're so thrilled to have with us today the incredible Latham Thomas from Mama Glow. So welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. And so, Latham, you've been a member at WeWork West Broadway for quite some time. And uh, you run an incredible business organization entity called Mama Glow. And could you share a little bit about how Mama Glow got started? Sure. Yeah. Mama Glow started out of what I saw as a need to support women along the pregnancy journey. I had my son, it seems like ages ago, he's 14 now. And when I was pregnant 15 years ago, things were much more different than they are now in terms of like this landscape for pregnancy and wellness. There wasn't the internet like we know it. So finding practitioners, products and services and like vetting everything was really a little more challenging than it is now because now you just can, you know, like press a button and then everything's like figured out. So I kind of from the ground up started to vet practitioners, products, services and figured out a way to navigate the pregnancy in a holistic manner and then created this like little rubric that would be great for other people down the line. And it really served as a support for the women who I would support later on um, in their pregnancy and birth journeys. So it became the rudiments of a book, which was a bestseller called Mama Glow as well. Um, And then it became sort of like the ethos of our business model, which is really about holding a woman's hand along the journey into motherhood. And I guess you know, from when I started to now, we see people who actually need us to hold their hands along the fertility journey, which was like not even something that was on the table like 12 years ago. People just were trying not to get pregnant. <laughs> and now, you know, again, we're seeing that um, for this fall in particular, that they were really slotting in more service and event support around fertility as well. That's amazing. And so you have a new book, Own Your Glow. Yes. And uh, and so what's that one about? That book is awesome. It has nothing to do with pregnancy. So if you want pregnancy, go to Mama Glow. But this book is really about, it's like an invitation to slow down. It's like kind of the anti-hustle. I feel like there's such a pressure for women to like go, go and hustle, kill it, slay. Like this kind of energy, which I believe is you know, in excess, like can be harmful and that we don't get a lot done. We're spinning our wheels too much and we lose track of like what it is that we really desire and because we're too busy like chasing. And so I believe that a lot of the principles that we talk about around mindfulness and slowing down and being still and creating like a vacuum to draw the things that you want to you rather than sort of like hustling for everything is really like an act of preservation for yourself and, and sustaining your desire to fulfill like a particular part of your journey. So it's about slowing down and embracing self-care as a pathway to empowerment, reclaiming your body as sacred and, and loving yourself. It's like all these like really beautiful mantras wrapped up in like a book. But then there's like rituals and uh, meditations and things that we can do also that you can apply to your life on a regular basis that are really fun. So it's kind of like a guide for women to put their crown back on and put their shoulders back and like, you know, strut their stuff. I love it. And so here on Chat to the Future, we kind of put a little bit of a fun pop culture spin to everything. Yeah. And so what do you think is the source of that elusive mama glow quality? Like when you see that on screen or in pop culture and music or whatever, Mm. like what says mama glow to you? I feel like I see mama glow when I'm walking down the street in New York all the time. I feel like it's just a woman who's 
really standing in her power. Like I see a mom who's like got this kind of earth goddess flowy dress thing going. You're like, whoa, who is that walking down the street? Or I see it's like a businesswoman who's like making it happen up until the very last minute before the baby comes out. In characters, I'm trying to think like who embodies that in popular culture. We pulled a few. We pulled a few. Let me see. Let me hear what you think. Well, we were thinking like, I don't know if you remember the Terminator movies. You remember Sarah Connor? I mean, she's the ultimate badass mom. Yes. Or like Ripley and Aliens. Like, she's an amazing mom. What? what? Now that we have so many origin stories, we've seen Superman's mom. We've seen Batman's mom. We've seen James T. Kirk's mom in the Star Trek movies. And so there's definitely been more of of showing where people come from. And Mm -hmm. that often includes sometimes, you know, childbirth on a spaceship, but incorporating (laughs) their mom into the story. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the things that I thought was so awesome about Wonder Woman was this idea of, which we don't really get to see. Obviously, like, we're going to see more movies like this because that movie performed really well. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, right, our, you know, from our mouth to God's ears. But... I loved how we took a journey with Diana and her mother and this like tension of like wanting to just like keep her safe, protect her, like be this like glowing figure that just kind of kept the world like this safe, angelic, celestial place for her. But knowing at the same time that she had to like let her go and as she kind of discovered more of herself we were like figuring out at the same time that she was figuring out that she had power, right? And so that was like so beautiful to watch with like to see like a mom as a mother, to see a mom be like, okay, she has to go. Like as much as she fought for her to stay little and not go, I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But those women, those Amazons, you know what I mean? Like that's Mama Glow. Like that energy of being fierce and, you know, staring fear in the face and doing it anyway and pushing past like perceived boundaries, making lemonade out of lemons, like this kind of thing of like being alchemists because that's what we actually do physically. It's like we receive like some substances, everything cooks up and then like 10 months later there's a baby and it's like kind of sci-fi, but it's really magical. So I think that, you know, on a level we're like alchemists. That's beautiful. That's such a great example. Sorry, VT, I didn't mean to... Step on you, but it's such a great example for a couple of reasons. One, hooray, Wonder Woman 2 has been greenlit, so there will be another Wonder Oh my Wonder God, Woman there has? Movie. How did you yeah. find that out? That's like public knowledge? Yeah, so it took a while. It was actually kind of interesting, not to go too far down the how women superhero movies are different, but a lot of times you find out opening weekend, okay, they've greenlit the next whatever movie. They've greenlit the next Star Trek, the next Spider-Man, or, you know, 11 more Spider-Mans. Oh, the most recent Spider-Man is actually super fun. It is? Um, it is. I have, I've seen the first Tobey Maguire, the second Tobey Maguire, and this one. So I've really only seen the good Spider-Man movies. Okay. But to get back to the point about Wonder Woman, it's especially great pick, I think, Latham, because uh, Gal Gadot, the actress who plays Wonder Woman, was six months pregnant exactly. for much of the filming. And you've got to think about, for such a long time, getting pregnant was uh, was just the end of an actress's career, or That's you right. couldn't work for so long. And the fact that she's doing this incredibly physically demanding role mm-hmm. with a female director. That's right. And, and they found a way for this woman, who was such a great pick for Wonder Woman, to keep kicking ass, literally and right. figuratively, um, while carrying her second or third child. Is her third daughter? Wow. Um, so it's just really amazing that all of that kind of comes together in, in one story yeah. like that. I didn't even, I did hear about her being pregnant, but I didn't even think about that. 
all of that together, like on top of the fact that she played this incredible role, the fact that she was a mom, you know, to be like, just imagine like going on set and like being the fetus that's marinating in that energy of like your mom doing like being like pushing herself to the limits and being the best that she can be. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, there's our pop culture moment. <laughs> 2017, the year of the Mama Glow. That's right. And kind of imparting knowledge and inspiration, that's a really big part of the Mama Glow mission. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you had to download all of your knowledge into a hologram, think, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, in Star Wars, what would you want to say and why? God. I would want to say a bunch of things, but I think the main thing that I would want for women to access in themselves is to rise up in community like find your sister circle of support and like anchor and support so that you can build the life of your dreams I think that one of the challenges for new moms and people that I see coming through our WeWorks office is that they feel like awakened obviously through the pregnancy like there's certain aspects certain parts of them get turned on and then they're like well what do I do with this energy And then some people already know they want to start a business or go back to their business and have like a more entrepreneurial role. And other people are like, they don't have the support. They they don't know where to go next. So I think what I would want for women to do in this time, this really creative period of your life to find like the people in your beehive, like find the people who are also resonating on that same level of energy and like join forces, create systems so that you can create the life of your dreams, whether that's like, let's have our own, you know, babysitting collective or let's share nannies or let's do like a, yeah, like a childcare circle or let's, I've even tell moms all the time, like, why don't you share a WeWork office? Like if you know you're only going to be two days and you're two days, why don't you get one where you can have your stuff get out of the house, be someplace so you can be productive and feel like you're separating these spaces of like home and office. Just find those people because we're not meant to do this stuff alone. I mean, like you all are doing this podcast together. It's better, right? Two is better than one. Hearts, yeah. (laughs) So I think that we need to come back to this idea that, you know, our lives depended upon it back in the day for us to be in bands and in huge communities because if you were like by yourself like could get eaten by like some sort of predator so you had to be in community and now it's like we're we're forcing ourselves to like push through this idea of um you know individualism and like go get yours and you know like solo mission and it's not meant to be done alone i think we're really meant to be supported by others and community and um, and working together. And I think that that's like the most fulfilling work too is like you have other voices and other people helping to chime in to shape something. It's going to be better anyway. So I would like for moms to find their community, find their people and like link arms and, and join with their sisters to, to rise up because there's so much work that needs to be done in this world. And at that really interesting nexus point where like a mom feels like there's something in me, um, I want her to be able to harness that energy you know, and place it someplace, you know, and we have so many that that come out of birth that end up like launching businesses, some who are like in production or like launching have fashion shows or films or screen, like all kinds of things that are happening. And they're like literally about to give birth. So it's amazing what you can do in this time frame and also what you can do after if you have the right support. 
That's amazing. And do you keep in touch with a lot of the women that you get to know along the journey? Yes. I keep in touch with so many. We text, we email, I visit. I do like little home visits. Sometimes when I have like a lighter week, if I know like, oh, I won't be crazy, then I'll like do a little circuit. Like I'll see like five babies that I've delivered and stuff. And it's awesome because people are like, here, you know? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, go for a walk or whatever. Go see a movie. I remember um, one of the... Um, families that I delivered speaking of um, uh, sci-fi and Star Trek and Star Wars one of the families the dad was in Star Wars and so they wanted to go see it in a theater like normal people and they were like we can't go because the baby I was like I'll watch the baby are you kidding <laughs> and so they were like it was this whole thing they were like oh my god really I was like yes please get out the house like I've been with babies I raised a freaking 14 year old I'm fine with the kid like he's gonna be fine and so they left and they went it was so cute because it was just like they wanted to have this moment but then they were like oh my god we're like leaving him like should we bring I was like no you can't bring him go but <laughs> yeah so I definitely like to babysit and hang and, and all that Um, And stay in touch. I think it's critical, too, because it's like you see somebody at their most powerful and their most vulnerable. You're not just going to, like, say what's up when you see him on the street. Like, you're going to be in touch. You know what I mean? It's, like, hard to just detach, you know? And I know a lot of people who do. But for me, it's like I see, like, this is an extension of my family. I'm sure everyone else in that theater is also very happy that you were watching that baby and it wasn't at the theater with them. Right? Exactly. I still remember going to see opening some really big comic book movie on opening night and there were so many children at the midnight show. What is that? And I thought to myself, what are you doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, you were willing to, you had the time and the foresight to buy, to tickets. buy tickets for the midnight show on a Wednesday but like, you can kind of you guys want to are all your friends here? Like nobody could watch this kid. Exactly. Um, I just it's banana. but then I see that more and more now. So what are you gonna do? Going into that part about like when when you, um, your your clients or your extended family uh, have uh, have the baby. Like I have a lot of friends who have had children in the last couple of years, and yeah. I feel like they feel like they their kids have some kind of weird superpowers in terms of the ability to like disappear when they're looking for them <laughs> or. Um, pick up uh, my best friend's daughter isn't that like pick everything up off the floor and try to eat it phase oh, yes. um, going from happy to crying to happy to sleeping to I don't understand anything that you're saying in this alien tongue kind of thing yeah. and uh, and so we were joking around about that being it, it is kind of like a little you know extraterrestrial being in your house it uh, is but what do you think are some of those universal parenting challenges and like what kind of skills do you think parents all wish they could have in that first year? I think understanding baby speak like (laughs) these, what does that cry mean versus this cry that I think if people knew what, like just what babies were thinking, they would be like so much further ahead, but you learn obviously from hanging out with them and spending time, you learn what every single sound and movement like really translates to in terms of communication I think parents all struggle with the whole like sleep wake up eat poop repeat like this kind of like how does this fit into like our existing life like how can I map on this baby's patterns onto our current life and I think there's this idea that oh like we have to be quiet and baby has to be in its room and whatever and 
you know, we evolved kind of just like on the go. And we were like, you know, we weren't in these beautiful, you know, central heat and air apartments with like a perfect nursery. Like we didn't evolve for that. It's great that we have it now. But like babies are super resilient. They can sleep through a concert like they don't need silence. You know what I mean? So this idea that like, oh, my God, we have to, you know, do everything right. You know, they don't know otherwise. Like they don't have any other like my other mom did it like this. You know what I mean? Like they don't have anyone to compare it to. You know what I mean? So they're just like trusting in you and have faith in you and are hardwired to attach to you. When you're bonded with this little person, you're like the pinnacle, you know? So there's really nothing. And I don't want to say there's nothing you can do wrong. There are obviously things you can do wrong. But really, it's like your love and your attention and your responding to their needs. All of that is, you know, sort of wiring them for success, for emotional literacy, to have a certain level of confidence as they move through the world. These things are really important to establish as as their infants, right? So holding a, a fair amount is really important because that helps us develop neurologically. Obviously, you know, when people can breastfeed, that's great. One of the things, too, that I think parents often deny themselves is like they don't come together after the baby. It's like the mom super focused or whoever super focused on the taking care of the baby. And then they don't like ever come together for like the time that they used to before the kid came. And that's something that's so critical. I try to have people go on a date like at least 10 days after birth. And I know that sounds crazy because you're like, (laughs) do I even know where like pants are? Do I even wear pants anymore? And like whatever (laughs) is like, but you have to get out the house. You have to do something together. Even if you're talking about the baby the whole time and checking on the baby the whole time, you still got to get out the house and just be together. And so I wish parents would focus on that, too, because the relationship has to stay strong, you know, once a baby's there. But one thing that's really interesting that's coming up a lot now is like this whole like engendering how we expect for like a girl to behave a certain way or a boy to behave a certain way and the types of toys or the types of languaging that we use around, you know, um, just how we prompt children around what they're capable of or not capable of. And I think it's so interesting how for girls, like there is this like whole like delicate thing of like, don't do this, you know, and the boys with like this expansive freedom around movement and what they're capable of doing and even like the types of toys and and things like that. So I think there's like an awareness now around this um, that parents are just starting to like see that in popular culture, there's like a dialogue or like a discourse around this. And so you can make more informed choices around, am I kind of like programming my daughter to think that, you know, she should be a homemaker and not into sciences or this or, you know, whatever it is. And look at the types of interesting toy companies and media companies and so forth that are creating content as well as toys that can engage kids that are not gender specific and that are not limiting, you know, to a particular, you know, gender. So I think that's another interesting kind of space that's just starting to open up for parents. So are you saying that if I have a kid, I'll have a viable excuse for not wanting to wear pants or not knowing where my pants are? Because I feel like... That's that's something to consider, VT. What do you think? I mean, I was just impressed by the fact that I think your superpower is being able to understand babies. I can understand babies. So that's like that's your next book. The 
the baby I don't know whisper. if I understand enough for to write a book about it, but but I know like if I I can hold them and be like, okay, this is what they want, or when they talk to me, like like a one year old will talk to me, and I'm like having a conversation with them. And their mom's like, oh my god, you understand baby talk? I'm like, yes. Like all you have to do is just like listen to the cadence and whatever, and then they you I have mean, a gift. I can just understand it because I, I think when I had my kid sister. She was like really talkative. Nobody could understand her. And I was like, this is what she's saying. And ever since then, I could always understand babies. It's so weird. Wow. I mean, the ones who talk, like not just like the goo goo gaga, but like real, like kind of forming words. I totally get it. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what they're saying. And the mom's like, oh, my God. Subtitles <laughs> for babies. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't understand them. Like, I couldn't even understand like a four year old with a really squeaky voice. Like, it's a gift. Oh, my God. That's so cute. It's definitely a superpower. If people are not lucky enough to live in New York and have the chance to work with you, how can they find and connect with other super parents? Oh, yes. This is such a great question. So I'm thankful now that we're developing this new website, um, mamaglow.com, that uh, will be an incredible version of what already exists. Already exists, like, forget it. Like, what's coming is amazing. And what it's going to do is there'll be a whole content side and a whole services side. You can have virtual services. There will be a community aspect that we're building in that we're super excited about as well because we do see that um, now more than ever before, people want to find their tribe, like I was talking about, right? And so um, you want to know that there's other people that are down with Mama Glow, like you want to find each other. So basically they should go to the site so they can sign up and they can find other people um, once we launch that new version. But um, I would also say like the things that you love doing, you should be doing more of that and then you'll find people as you go. So if there's like activities, like if you're like someone who's into knitting or whatever it is, like then find where like the local spot is that people gather to do that thing and just go and you'll just meet really cool people. I remember how I think it was like meetup became like this big thing when it first launched because people were like, oh my God, like I can meet up in person with people who also do this really bizarre, obscure thing. So there's now so much technology from the Instagram to Facebook to all these places where it's like you have no excuse not to be able to find the community or create it yourself. And that can start in your living room. That doesn't have to be only virtual, but I think virtual is great for like the lifestyles that we lead and um, having like check-ins and accountability partners and things like that also can be very helpful within your community. So I would say definitely come stop by us and then create like a little hub for yourself, like anchor yourself in activities and stuff that help you find those same people that are similar. And also then that's like built in play dates for your kids, because if you get along with the parents, like the kids are just going to hang out. <laughs> that is so true. And when I see my friend's kids, as Preeti was mentioning, her friend who is the daughter who's in the putting everything in their mouth phase. Mm -hmm. It's it's so true. Like once you find that tribe out there and you're able to connect with them, it's it's a really powerful and transformative thing. Do you have like any pop culture things that really resonate with you? Like where you watch it and you're like, yes, that is so real. Okay, so right now um, I'm loving Insecure. Yes, yes. Sorry, Are you living yeah. for Insecure? Oh, I, you I, I watched it last night, and every single time I watch an episode, I have one friend that watches it, and I'll just send him. You have only like, one friend that's stream. watching it? 
Oh, my God. Girl. We... Girl, let me tell you. When Insecure started last season, it yes. was the lead-in to Westworld. And everyone in the in the world that I knew was watching Westworld. Okay. And they're like, why aren't you watching Westworld? That totally seems like your kind of show. And I said, no. Insecure is my kind of show. Why aren't you watching it? And they're like, well, I said I wasn't sure if it was for me. And I said, it's for you. It's for everyone. Watch that show. <laughs> um, so I have a handful of friends who watch it, but one to whom I send just long paragraphs after each one. Yes. The last episode, I'm like, Tasha, she's breaking my heart, and this thing, and then this oh thing, my and, God. Blah, blah, blah. and I just go launch into these whole <sighs> things, and he'll always from like, yeah, I know, it's such a thought-provoking show. It's like, it give is. me more co- like feedback, because I want to have an in-depth conversation about this show. The show is everything. I know, I love this show. I love the commentary. I love the character. I love this idea of... You know, it's opened the door for so much. So Jessica Williams just launched a show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I the, think amazing it's called the Amazing James. Jessica James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to say The Amazing Jessica Williams, but same thing <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. The Amazing Jessica James, which I also watched. I felt like as I was watching it, I was watching through a lens of insecure kind of because I was just like, for me, that's like the bar, you know, like they've created such a such a mark and they almost have like their own like DNA where it's like showing up in other places, which I think is amazing. So I love that show. And I think it's so real because they do a really good job of making sure like the writing is reflective of not just like what really happens to people, but you can't even find yourself in one space. Like you have to, you vacillate between Oh, Issa, but oh, Lawrence, but oh, this one. Like you just kind of bounce around because you feel like you're you can see yourself in every character in some aspect or you remember it makes you recall something in your life. I just love it. And the music is on fire. Oh, there's a playlist on Spotify, by the way. There is? That's the entire Insecure playlist. Pretty, you're like making my life right now. Or almost the entire Insecure playlist. I follow it. You should follow it. It's amazing. Okay, done. And the person who runs it does update it with with new music as it comes out. What? And I totally agree because there's so many well-rounded characters. And one of the things that Issa has talked about in terms of the development, Issa the, the, uh, the auteur, Lisa the character, has talked about in terms of the show is that she doesn't want to make these characters one-dimensional. There is a love triangle. There's two love triangles um, in the show. And in the second one, it's two women and one man. And it would be so easy to paint the, the rival for her, the rival for the affections of the man that, that Issa wants as not good enough or trashy or something else. And she really wants to be very respectful of that character, which is why it's great that you see things from everyone's point of view. No one yeah. can so easily be made a villain, which I, I also really like Yeah, about the show. It's so great. You guys are selling the show oh, really it's been well. A, it's really such an incredibly f- observed show. And it I think is. one of the great things about how Issa Rae and Prentice Penny, who was the showrunner, mm-hmm. one of the great ways that they approach it is that they really do consider everyone's emotional state and bring just a whole wealth of their life to the show. Mm-hmm. And that it's directed by Melina Matsukas, who has Who's done should Beyonce's formation video. She did the Shake Your Money Maker video, which is ludicrous and Pharrell. And she has a very specific aesthetic. She's won a whole bunch of awards for her music videos. And to see that aesthetic translate to L.A. of all places. Yes. I mean, the shots that she does of the city. It's like you want to go there and it's like Inglewood. <laughs> yeah, I mean she can make a nail salon or Englewood or like a chicken and waffles place look like 
it's just so um, palatial. It's, it's, it's so like velvety and like textured and layered, like, like and elevated. You, it's ele- yeah, it's just up here. Like you're going to this place because of how they make it look. I mean, like to the the trees and that, like everything is just like, oh, I want to go. Like, where is this? Like, you just feel that, even though it'll be like. It's like turning these like mundane little elements of a place into something like elevated, like you said, and magical. It's really well done. So we went to L.A. For this year, the 2017 We Were at Global Summit was in L.A. And I didn't tell you this, BT, because you hadn't seen this show yet. But we were walk- we were going around L.A. and I said, Baldwin Hills. Like, I know where that neighborhood is now. Oh, my like, God. There's so much stuff. Well, it didn't Lisa's, hurt that. Uh, headset just fell off. She got so, so excited. excited. <laughs> but there's so many. I mean, when you see L.A. through these different lenses through films through I'm also obsessed with Bojack Horseman so like a lot of that Mm. stuff came in and then everything that you see in Insecure it does show you a totally different LA it's a totally different LA and a totally different like lens into this experience of because they're like millennials Mm -hmm. and like Issa's having her come up moment like you know in this kind of nonprofit, and then her friend Molly is in a law firm and then it's like she has these other friends who have their things going on so you get a peripheral you feel like you're in this crew kind of Mm -hmm. but like you know like you're loosely friends with the other ones but you feel like you're really in this like friendship that Issa and Molly have who are the main characters mainly and they're very close friends and I just love the closeness and the like you know I don't give a damn like what's going on I'm showing up for my friend thing that they have which is really beautiful and we need that more we need to see more characters like this and also not characters who are like so drop dead beautiful everybody has to be so this way or this type of body type like every body type exists on the show Every skin color, every background, they're very, like, conscientious about the narratives that they have that are associated with the people in the show and where they come from and what commentary they're bringing to popular culture. So it's really awesome. It's also, I will say, though, I mean, you always notice that between season one and two of any show how much the actors change when like the show hits oh, yeah. and all of a sudden they're now famous. hair's done. Everyone's at least 10 pounds lighter. Oh. Everyone's rocking better makeup. Yes. I mean, I mean the characters on that show clothes. have amazing clothes and hair. I mean, it's, it's, there's just so much to watch for in that show. We could do an entire episode just talking about Insecure. Um, but, I know. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it is hilarious to go back and see that like one of the characters, for example, has lost a bunch of weight and they've incorporated it into her storyline into the show. She's an incredibly talented writer and performer she's done she was a writer on snl for a year um she's done uh she did a really uh really funny video for them called basic bitch and uh was also a writer on insecure so i don't want to reduce her to just her physical appearance she's an incredibly funny and talented woman but you do for any actor really you do notice that that change like mm-hmm. even on orange is the new black i'm like ladies you've all been in prison how come you're all 10 pounds lighter now right. like, what did you do? how come your Daya's eyebrows are so, so I don't, eyebrows are so are snatched eyebrows, how is that happening who's allowing tweezers in right. jail i know they're what probably is threading in jail yeah it's all it's all Bursette. she's doing everybody's everybody's eyebrows on <laughs> fleek all <laughs> thanks to sophia Bursette. 
Uh, you don't watch that show either? VT's just shaking I'm, her head at me. Like, what are I'm you just, doing? I'm just so behind. It's so funny because, like, I... You're so ahead because you're not you're spending your time watching these shows. No, 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 this is the beauty of this VT. Now, when you start watching it, you can binge watch all of season one. Which amazing. is amazing. And then episodes one and two of season two. So you won't be like me literally just waiting for it to be Sunday for oh, the next one. yeah, because we're waiting for dose. Sunday. I'm going to come over, VT. We're going to watch all of them together. Yay. Yes. She, she hardly ever comes over to my house because she's super allergic to cats. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> saying that. I come to your all the time. <laughs> Not enough. I mean, I love that we're so... Buy me a bottle of Allegra D. I'll be there. <laughs> that we're so about, like, women's empowerment because I, I love Preeti so much and she's such a dear friend and I, like, would love to hang out with you more. Like, there are just so many amazing, wonderful women in this space. And this is very inspiring. So you're inspiring me to want to check out the show so this way I will have no Sunday night left because between Game of Thrones, this, Veep is gone... Uh, what is it? Silicon Valley is over for this year, but I think Insecure will be a good addition to the lineup. Oh, you're gonna love. You're gonna I can't love. Wait, it. yeah. Then we'll get you to watch Dear White People, and it'll be great. And oh. that's on Netflix, so and you can binge watch you that can binge too. Binge watch that. I watched the entire thing in one day. Well, I think I almost did. I think I did it in two. For me, yeah. I, I binge watch all. You of- have more stuff to do than I do. Like <laughs> them. <laughs> I think I just started so late that I just couldn't keep going. It was like already nine or ten o'clock, yeah. so I was like, "Okay, tomorrow." I started like kind of in the background, and then I'm just sitting there in front of my computer, like, "What is happening now?" Right? What's going it's on? like so. Yeah, that, that also, me by in. the way, has its soundtrack on Spotify. And it's okay, ridiculous. I need to just everything get into from Spotify. Run the Jewels to Childish Gambino, like all of it's on there. Okay, I have to go on there. Well, I was just going to say that, uh, speaking of Glow, I watched all of Glow, so that was... Okay, so I didn't watch that yet. Me neither, but I've heard so many good things. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a really funny show. And oh, that's what it stands for? Yeah, I didn't realize so, that's what it that. stood for. And it's based on a real like show. A, like a real from squad? From the late 80s, early actual... 90s of actual female wrestlers. And there's a documentary about the real-life women of Glow. And after watching the series, I watched the documentary. And it was just really moving and entertaining and interesting because... These women were not professional. Well, most of them were not professional wrestlers. Some of them were actual wrestlers, and they mm-hmm. had athletic backgrounds and were really fierce. And, you know, this meant a lot to them because they had nowhere to practice. And for the women who were actresses or comedians or whatever, it was a really interesting, like, sort of a pseudo-family experience. So it's really interesting. It's a show with a lot of heart. It's not always easy to watch. It's got, like, you know, depressing parts as well as cheerful ones but it's really funny and consistently entertaining so i highly recommend it oh i'm gonna add it to i'm gonna watch insecure first thing now after this okay well i have a show for y'all okay um friends since college okay friends from college friends from college oh my have you watched it Mm -mm. no it's in my queue and i've been meaning to watch it hurry up because i watched um you have to hurry up i I, I will Uh, so i watched keegan michael key in um it's a movie about improv. I can't remember. What oh it's god, called. the movie by Mike Birbiglia was brilliant. With Mike Birbiglia and yes. Jillian Jacobs. It was very good. I watched that and then I thought, now I need to watch everything that he's, he's in. in. So he's I put good. I had put it in his queue before it was even released. I watched it probably um over like not consecutive, but over like in three days spread out. And I was like, that's the end. So good. So worth watching. So funny. We might have to. You're gonna it. have to postpone your next uh, watching of uh, Paranormal House Investigations Australia to watch. Oh, this instead. I was just Victoria say, has some truly tremendous taste in television. Oh, wow. she's managed to make me watch 
are uh, I would literally not watch them if anyone but VT asked me to do it. It's wow. more like bizarre things from the bargain bin that is Netflix. Um, but I I feel like we should almost rename this the playlist and just come back here and talk about TV shows every week. That's going to be our next podcast. Ooh, That's all we're going to do is one. talk about And then you'll have TV. to be a regular. And I'll come in and talk about what Every I'm Every Monday we'll be like, okay, so this is what happened on Insecure. <laughs> <laughs> There's a show, I mean, a podcast called Insecure Tea, where they basically do a weekly chat about what happened on Insecure. And it's they got renewed from last season. It's uh, two women. It's um, Crystals, who's one of the, from The Read. And then Fran, who's from, uh, I think, Friend Zone is her podcast. I need to ask them if they'll let me be a guest on that podcast you have one to. day. No, all you I have was like, to I mean, here's do all it. the levels of this show. No, Let's you have to go on it. there with them because you're like, you you got to go on there with them. <laughs> That's good. And then Chewing Gum is also good. On Netflix, I've heard that. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I've also heard that that's really good. Add it to the Don't list. Don't worry, I'm gonna I'm gonna put all I'm gonna text your husband VT all, um, the all the things that you're supposed to be watching, and then he'll tell me to watch something like uh, what were we watching? I don't remember. What did we watch the second movie of? Uh, we're just lost in time, like a bug in a jar. Oh, come from. Wax Works too. It's amazing. It's a really bad late 1980s horror movie. So. Oh, I can't watch horror. Oh no, but no, me neither. But it's just the most. You can't take any of the horror seriously because it's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> you'll ever see in your life. And it ends with a rap. That's how you know it's a nice movie. Is that it ends with a rap? It, I can I can find and send you guys the rap after this. Oh my god. Yeah. Obviously, we love what you're doing. Aww. We want you to keep doing what you're doing. And if people want to support you, get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, just go to um, mamaglow.com. It's M-A-M-A-G-L-O-W.com. I'm Glow Maven on Instagram. It's G-L-O-W-M-A-V-E-N. I'm really good at responding to DMs. I just figured out that there was a whole bunch of them sitting so I'm going to be answering them but I'm really good at checking those I'm good on email for for the most part um, just info at mamaglow.com we check that very frequently and um, you know and then I would say like you know if there's anything like question wise or content wise like we love hearing what people want to learn more about and so sometimes people will say hey it'd be great to know what I should put in my birth bag you know whatever and I can point them to content or I sometimes will do like l little videos and things like that or answer questions on social media so just you know always shout out and say hi and buy the book thank you so much <laughs> Latham thank you 